you know, there's a lot of things that you could put in your vision. And that's pretty crucial, right? Because if you visualize your aspirations and you establish really concrete objectives, then you can create this roadmap to financial success that's going to be tailored to your unique life circumstances and your ambitions, right? Welcome. I am Camilla Jeffs, a 20-year student of money. I'm an introvert who started out broke and full of fear. Fast forward to today where I've conquered the secrets of getting my financial house in order, become a professional investor, and built a business that supports my family. And I'm going to show you exactly how I did it. We're going to talk about getting in the game as a real investor building a business to support you and passing on wealth strategies to the next generation. Think of this as your one-stop shop for all things money. This is the Quiet Wealth Podcast. Hello, welcome back to the Quiet Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Camilla, and I'm super excited that you're here with me. Today is episode 88, 12 Steps to a Solid Financial Plan for Gen X Women. So as I was creating and crafting this, I realized that 12 steps might feel like a lot, but let me help you out here. It's really not too much. And if you spread out the steps over the course of a year, that's just one thing a month that you're going to do. And that's what we do in the Primetime Wealth Academy. So if you're interested in joining us there and having someone hold your hand along the way, we would be honored to help you get your financial plan together. So I want to start this off by talking about a funny story. So I'm trying to teach my kids how to cook. And my son loves to make cookie dough. And as I was teaching him about making cookie dough, of course, there's many steps in the process, right? So we're in the kitchen and he is looking up the recipe on his phone and he has made cookies several times in the past, right? It's kind of the thing that he likes to make is cookies. Well, he doesn't even bake them. He just makes the cookie dough and freezes little cookie dough balls and eats those. Well, yesterday I asked him to make cookie dough for us. And he's like, okay. He's like, I think I can just do it by myself. I'll just do it from memory. And I looked at him and said, "Mm, maybe that's not such a great idea. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, I can do it, mom. I can do it. And so then he started trying to remember all the steps and the ingredients and the measurements, and he was getting it all wrong. And it became this hilarious joke in the kitchen that he was like, oh yeah, I need salt. My daughter's like, oh my gosh, Mason, if you don't add salt, they're going to taste awful. And there was just a lot of fun banter going back and forth. So His lack of planning is going to lead to a disaster, right? So having a recipe and following a recipe is a very good analogy for having a financial plan because you want the end goal, right? You want the cookie dough at the end. You want to be able to have your financial plan in place and feel comfortable and and excited about your life instead of being scared and worried. And so the financial plan is a really important step in getting there. Because if you don't have your recipe and you don't follow it, a proven recipe, you're not going to get the result that you really want. So let's go over 12 steps 
to a solid financial plan. And step 12 is actually one that you may not think is part of a financial plan, but it's actually really, really important. So we'll get there. All right, step one is vision and having clarity on your goals. For Gen X women, the journey towards financial security really begins with having a clear vision and setting achievable goals. So really take time to define what you want for your future. What does your vision for your future look like? Like traveling the world, is that one of your visions? Is one of your visions providing really intentional experiences for your posterity? Is one of your visions launching your own nonprofit? Is one of your visions to have multiple houses around the world that you can go visit and enjoy? You know, there's a lot of things that you could put in your vision. And that's pretty crucial right? Because if you visualize your aspirations and you establish really concrete objectives, then you can create this roadmap to financial success that's going to be tailored to your unique life circumstances and your ambitions, right? Okay, so spend some time working on a vision statement. Again, this is step one. You can take a whole month to do it. My suggestion would be to go away on a weekend away and take that time to do some visioning. And there's also a really great book if you need some help with this. It's called Vivid Vision. And it's a really fantastic book that can help you work through the vision that you want to create. Okay, step two, month two. Step two is to organize. Organization is so key to managing your finances. Now, I thought I was a pretty organized financial person. And in the beginning, like I became the CFO of our family and I really started organizing and, and I even worked at the bank for a while. So it was really easy to check my accounts every day and, and make sure things were going along like we wanted them to. We would meet with our financial planner. We would, you know, on a regular basis, like I thought I was doing really well organizing and we were budgeting, right? But when I went and went in my MBA, I took a corporate finance class and I realized that managing finances could take on a whole other level of really like paying attention to every single line item, which I wasn't doing before. So organization is super key. So consider streamlining all of your financial documents, like your bank statements, your investment records. I like to use a software called Mint and that one I can plug in, I can connect it to all of my bank accounts and my investment accounts so I can see the full picture in one online portal. And I like that a lot. But then also you need to have a filing system for all the bank statements and your investment records. And we use LastPass for all of our passwords because you have a bajillion passwords. My kids were looking at it the other day and they're like, mom, why do you have so many passwords? I know like everything nowadays has a login ID and a password. And so it's important to have those organized as well. So developing a systematic approach to really tracking your assets and your liabilities help you gain control and really stay on top of your financial situation. So there's some two really important documents that I didn't even know about until I started investing in commercial real estate and so large multifamily. One is called a 
PFS, Personal Financial Statement. And this is a document where you literally just list all of your assets and your liabilities so you can understand what does your personal finances look like, right? What's that statement? And then the second important document is a SREO, Schedule of Real Estate Owned. And the SREO is one where you list all of your real estate holdings. So it helps you track those as well. And once you get to the point where you have many, like I have 15 right now, it's really helpful to have that document. And then I update it yearly. All right, step three is to do an income and expense analysis. So analyzing your income and your expenses meticulously will be crucial to understanding how to move more forward because you cannot invest if you don't have money to invest, right? And so you have to analyze how much income do I have coming in? How many expenses do I have coming out? Is there a way I can increase my income or decrease my expenses? And then you will have more money to invest. So right now in your life, you may have a range of financial responsibilities like household expenses to retirement and savings. And so you want to identify where your money goes and then find the opportunities to increase the amount of money that you keep. And so it's all about how much you keep. It's not about how much you generate. It's not about how much you spend. It's about how much you keep. And so that's the focus and that's the goal here in doing this analysis. Again, you can use a tool like Mint or you can use a spreadsheet. There's a myriad of other tools out there to do your income and expense analysis. All right. Step four is the investment plan. So crafting an investment plan that's really tailored to your own risk tolerance and your time horizon is essential for building wealth. Now, you have to understand what your risk tolerance is. Are you someone who is so afraid of losing money that you don't want to take any risk? Fine. That means you need to choose specific investments. Are you someone who is hungry to create wealth and willing to take some higher risks for higher rewards? Great. Then you choose other types of investments. And most of us fall somewhere in the middle. So explore the investment options that really align with your goals and make sure, make sure, make sure it's diversified. So your portfolio needs to be diversified. And diversification means more than just simply diversified in the stock market. You need to have investments outside of the stock market in order to grow your wealth steadily over time. All right, step five is the insurance plan. Most women are woefully underinsured. So you have to protect your financial well-being. So insurance, of course, we all think of health insurance. That's a normal thing. And life insurance is also a fairly normal thing. So make sure you have both of those. A third one is disability insurance. So if you're the breadwinner in the house and you become disabled and can no longer work, disability insurance can step in and provide you with an income while you are trying to figure out how to get back to work. And then the fourth one, and this one's really important, is long-term care insurance. So as we age, we have, especially as women, we have the opportunity to live longer than men typically. And on average, women live seven years longer than men do. And that is a blessing and it is a challenge. And so I did a podcast episode on this, so you can go back and refer to that one. But with long-term care insurance, it just really helps you not be a burden on your family if that's important to you 
right? So if you secure the right coverage, then you can safeguard your family's financial stability whenever unexpected events come up. All right, step six is an estate plan. So again, I did another podcast episode all about this. So you can dive into that one. But creating an estate plan really ensures that your assets get distributed according to your wishes. So if you have in mind that you have a specific asset, say that is a boat, right? Say you have a boat and you want to give that to a specific child and you pass, make sure you put that in your plan right? According to your wishes. One of my friends, Rosanna, who I'm partnering with on the Primetime Wealth Academy, she's working with a client who has horses. And so they're creating an estate plan for their horses to make sure their horses are taken care of because they love their horses. So there's lots of things that you can do in an estate plan, but it's just help make sure that you get to control what you want to control, like your assets. So it really helps to provide for your loved ones and it minimizes potential tax liabilities. One of the important things to note is that if your parents right now, so I know we have aging parents right now, if they have real estate, do not let them give it to you before they pass. You want them to wait till after they pass. And the reason why is because there's a very significant tax that happens if you get gifted a property. So say they bought a property 20 years ago and it was worth $100,000 when they bought it. Today, it's probably worth over a million dollars. If they were to give you the property now, you would have to pay taxes on that $900,000 difference. So that would be a huge tax bill. If they wait until they pass and they simply put in their estate plan that, hey, my daughter Camilla gets this property, then you do not have to pay taxes on that $900,000, right? That property, it's called the basis, right? Whatever it is worth at that moment in time is when the tax clock starts ticking, right? So now you'll inherit it inherit a $1 million property. And if you want to sell that, you can and you pay no tax. If you want to keep it and it appreciates for another five years and say now it's 1.2 million in five years time, you will have to pay taxes, but only on that extra $200,000 of appreciation that you got. So it's important, make sure you have this conversation with your parents if they own real estate to not transfer it to your name until after they pass. And so just to include it in the estate plan. Okay, step seven, we're halfway there. We're halfway there. Tax plan. So step seven is the tax plan. This is the tax game and this is where my nerdiness comes out. But I really love playing the tax game. I love playing games in general, strategy games, you bet. I'm all about strategy games. So maximizing your tax efficiency is crucial to preserve your wealth. So you need to explore tax advantage accounts, strategies that really reduce your tax burden while boosting your savings and investments. And this is the reason a lot of people invest in real estate. It's the reason most millionaires invest in real estate because there are very significant tax advantages to doing so. And there are ways to play the game by means of exchanging your property. And so you never have to pay tax on the profits that you get. So super important to have a tax plan. And I will be interviewing a tax strategist soon on the podcast. Super excited for her to come on. And so stay tuned for that episode. 
All right, step eight is multiple income streams. One of my favorite topics to talk about. So diversifying your income sources really provides financial security. But I also want to honor that multiple income streams doesn't mean you going crazy in your life, right? You can set up multiple income streams and still live a peaceful life. You don't have to be a hustler. I'm kind of anti-hustle these days. But you can explore side gigs that make your heart happy, right? Lots of investments, of course. You want to have a bunch of passive investments. And so then you don't have to do all of the work. Entrepreneurial ventures, like you can have lots of ways to do that. You can buy a business and be the investor owner in that. Lots of different ways that you can supplement your primary income and really increase your financial stability. Step nine, business building. Another one of my favorite topics. So building a business. I think everybody should have their own business because it can be a super valuable asset on your journey towards financial independence, long-term wealth. Also, there's a really cool thing that happens with businesses in terms of tax strategies where a normal W-2 earner, they earn their money they get taxed on it, and then they can spend what's left over. Businesses get to flip it. They earn the money, they get to spend it, and then they're taxed on what's left over. So this is really, really important reason to have a business. And it's a strategy that I use all the time with my family. And we have a family business. And so we can write off family vacations because we are doing business while there. We're having, holding business meetings. We are evaluating different things when we go on these vacations. We are creating content for our social media and all of that. So it's super important to have a business. Step 10, impact investing. The very next episode is a guest about impact investing and she is fantastic. I'm super excited for you to listen to that episode. Make a positive impact with your investments by exploring socially responsible and impact investment opportunities. So what's impact investing? It is the intersection between charitable giving and investing. And what it provides is it provides multiple returns, not just a financial return, although you will definitely get a financial return but it also provides a social return, a purposeful return, return for people, environmental returns sometimes just kind of depends on the investment opportunity that you align yourself with. This is something that's very exciting to me, especially as a Gen X woman, because I can invest in companies and causes that really align with my values while at the same time pursuing financial growth, right? So I'm still creating impact for my family financially And I'm supporting companies who are creating social impact and good in this world. All right, step 11 is generational wealth. Now, building generational wealth is a goal that's absolutely worth pursuing. Now, what that means to you, it varies, right? So people I know, generational wealth could mean to them passing on a ton of money to their children. Other people is passing on knowledge about how to build wealth and Others are somewhere in the middle of that. But you have to have in your financial plan, you need strategies for passing on assets and knowledge to future generation, which will really set the stage for your own family's financial well-being. All right, on the last one, step 12. So one that I hinted that may not think about, but it's really important to think about is health and wealth. There is a very strong connection between health and wealth. You must prioritize your health 
by investing in a healthy lifestyle, managing your stress and budgeting for healthcare costs, right? To make sure you have a prosperous future for yourself and your loved ones. Our health is the most important thing because if we build all of the wealth and all of the financial resources, but then we are not healthy enough to enjoy it, what's the purpose of building it, right? So you want to make sure you really prioritize your health, get your regular checkups, exercise, eat well, all of those things are important. And in fact, one of the podcast interview I just did with the lady who does impact investing. She talked about a social impact company who is using food as medicine. And I've heard of food as medicine. I've heard breath as medicine. There are so many things that we can do naturally to really help ourselves and prevent a lot of diseases. So... Those are the 12 steps, right? And, you know, like my son who wanted to make his cookie dough without (laughs) using the recipe did not turn out well. So make sure you use the recipe. So if you want to go through these steps, write them down and work on them one step a month. That's my suggestion. One step a month so you don't get overwhelmed. If you would like to do that in community with other women who are also building their financial plan and you need some handholding, you want to have access to me and Rosanna to help answer questions, we'd be more than happy to have you join us at the Primetime Wealth Academy. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. So thank you so much for joining. Please share the episode with a woman in your life who needs some help with her financial plan. And I'd be honored to walk them through at this journey. Thank you so much. Bye for now. Thanks so much for joining me on the Quiet Wealth Podcast. If you want more, head on over to camillajeffs.com forward slash podcast to get the show notes and dive into other episodes. While you're there, be sure to grab the free guide to building wealth. And if you know a friend who is struggling with money, please send this episode to them. Let's share the wealth in as many ways as we can. Until next time, much success.